Welcome to Live with Lon. We're so glad to have you today. And today, we are going to press on uh, after our four-week uh, little mini-series on brokenness uh, that we uh, have just finished. And I hope that it was helpful and spiritually encouraging to you. Uh, remember, every bad thing that happens to us is not because we did something wrong or we've sinned or God's upset with us. Remember, some things are part of the process of breaking and building us into the people God can really use. And that's why when we pray, there are some things that are emergencies, uh, that really are um, crises uh, that we need fixed right now. And we need God to intervene right now. Uh, and, uh, and there certainly are those things. And then there are some things that are part of process. You know, you, you know, you don't get to be a man or a woman of God without God putting you through his process. And the process is not an emergency. Uh, the process is not a crisis. The process is the process. And part of the wisdom we need is to know when we have an emergency that we need God right that second to relieve it. And when we're in process... And we simply have to endure, as James says. Uh, we have to endure. And our endurance produces patience, and patience produces spiritual growth in our life, etc. So, I hope that was all helpful for you. Remember, this brokenness, this is process. And that's why sometimes God doesn't heal us. And this is why sometimes God doesn't heal uh, our loved ones, like my daughter Jill, and this is why sometimes God doesn't lift what's putting pressure on us, whatever it might be, because it's all it's it's part of process. Okay, these are the more discerning parts of our walk with God: is getting to recognize the difference. Okay, now we're ready to move on in John's Gospel. Actually, we're going to move on in all four Gospels uh, as we work them together during the last week of Jesus' life. But we're going to stay in John's Gospel for the next several weeks uh, because what he said about brokenness immediately transitions into some other things that he's going to say that are very important. And we're going to look at those here in John chapter 12. Uh, but let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, open our hearts today that the scripture might powerfully speak to us, that we might learn from your word how to better uh, communicate and interact with you today from your word. And we pray this, and give me power and anointing to teach your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And what? Amen. Now, let me read you the verses for today. John chapter 12, verse 27. Now my soul is troubled, Jesus said. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? Is that what I should say? Uh, but for this purpose, I came to this hour. This is why I came into the world. He's talking about the cross. What does Jesus say? Verse 28, Father, glorify your name. Bring glory and honor, and attention, and renown to your name. 
Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore the people who stood by and heard it said that it thundered, and others said an angel spoke to him. And Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now here we have an, an instance, an example of the Lord Jesus Christ praying, and of the Lord Jesus Christ requesting something from God. So we should pay attention. I mean, in his prayer, we learn how to pray. In his approaching God for help, uh, in, in crisis, uh, we learn how to approach God in crisis. The crisis is the upcoming cross. It's six days away. He knows what's coming. And he said, what am I going to say? Lord, take the cross away from me? Is that what I'm going to say? Well, he could have. Remember what he said to, the, to Peter. He could have called 10,000 angels to come and rescue him. Folks, we'll come back to this, but you have any idea what 10,000 angels could do? I don't know how many angels there are, but there's at least 10,000 Two angels completely destroyed the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Brought down fire and brimstone from heaven. Destroyed two cities. Two! You know what 10,000 angels could do? <laughs> Holy smokes. He said, I could do that. But how then would the scripture be fulfilled, Jesus said. And here he says... Ah, uh, what I'm going to ask God to deliver me from the cross? No, this is why I came into the world. To do miracles? Yes. To preach the gospel? Yes. But primarily to go to the cross. Because it was on the cross that he shed his blood to pay for our sin. It was on the cross that he gave his life to substitute for your life and my life in the sight of a holy God. It was on the cross that he purchased the plan of salvation for you and me and every human being who will avail themselves of what he did it was on the cross that he secured heaven and eternal life for his followers in the sight of a holy God. And then the resurrection, of course. Jesus said, I can't ask God to take this away from me. It's why I came. And then he prays this, Father, glorify your name. That's what I'm asking. I'm not asking you to take the cross away from me. I'm asking you through the cross and through my suffering and through my death and through my resurrection and burial. Well, burial and resurrection. Bring glory to yourself, Lord. Bring renown, bring attention Bring majesty to yourself. Now, God has all those things, but he's talking about bringing those things to God, bringing those things to himself in the sight of people here on earth. And the angels who are watching. That's the end of our passage. We're going to stop right there. And we're going to keep this short and ask the question, so what? So you ready? Come on now. One, two, three. So what? Oh yeah, baby. And you know, I got my buddy. Here he is, Jackie.
And what does Jackie say? What does he say? How sweet it is. We say how sweet it is. Right. To be teaching God's word and how sweet it is the Lord Jesus did not ask God to take the cross away from him and did not call on 10,000 angels to go back to heaven, but paid the price so you and I can be saved and have eternal life and spend eternity in heaven instead of hell. Okay, now what's the so what here? What's the takeaway? What does, what's the not a sermon, just a thought? Well, it's very simple. Here we see Jesus praying and telling us, showing us how to pray when we're in crisis. Is it okay in crisis to pray, Father, please take this away? Sure. Absolutely. Paul prayed that. Three times, he says, that God would take away his thorn in the flesh. Sure. If Paul can pray it, we can pray it. And that's okay. Uh, but more important than that, Jesus prayed, Father, glorify your name. Through whatever happens to me, good, bad, or ugly, bring glory to yourself. Not to me, but to yourself. This is an amazing prayer that he does here. And it's an amazing template and example that he gives you and me. Uh, this is how we should pray. Lord, I'm praying that you deal with this. I'm praying that you take it away. I'm praying that it's not part of the process of brokenness, which you won't take away right now until it's finished its work, but whatever it is, above what I might ask, doesn't matter what I might want for my comfort, Father, through what's happening to me, bring glory to your name in the sight of people here on this earth. Bring renown and fame and majesty to your name. Now, this is the highest motive for prayer. Uh, this is the stuff that the greatest prayers in the Bible are made of. Let me show you. This is why David says in the Psalms, not to us, not to us, O Lord, but to thine own name bring glory. Now, here's the prayer of Elijah, 1 Kings 18, up on Mount Carmel, when he was facing down the 400 prophets of Baal. Uh, that Jezebel had brought to the northern kingdom and the 450 prophets of Baal's consort, Asherah. And here's what he prays. He prays, listen to this. Now I'm in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 37. He prays, answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God. And that you've turned their heart back to you. Answer me, Lord. Answer me. Why? So people will know that I'm your prophet and I'm a big shot? No. Answer me. Why? So I'll be vindicated and all in front of all these people? No. Answer me so that people watching will know that you are God. Father, glorify your name. In answering this prayer of mine. That's my highest motive. And, and how about Hezekiah? When Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, had surrounded Jerusalem. Uh, listen to what he prayed. He got up and he prayed. 
And now, O Lord our God, deliver us from his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, Lord, are God. And then Isaiah came to him and said, here's what God says, verse 21, first, uh, Isaiah 37, because you have prayed to me about Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, this is the word the Lord has spoken because of your raging against me, verse 29, this is about uh, Sennacherib, and your arrogance, therefore I will put my hook in your nose and my bridle in your lips, and I will turn you back by the way you came. I will, verse 35, defend this city to save it for my own sake and my, for my servant David's sake. And then the Lord went out and killed 185 soldiers. Sennacherib went home. He never did capture Jerusalem. And we have proof of this. Yeah, we do. We discovered the Sennacherib prism. And let me show you a picture of it. The Sennacherib prism. Prism. Because it's a prism. And on here he says, I shut up Hezekiah in Jerusalem like a bird in a cage. Well, he did do that. He surrounded the city. But you know what? After he says, I captured this city, I captured this city, I captured this city, I shut up Hezekiah like a, a bird in a cage, he never says he conquered Jerusalem because he didn't. It's a complete break with all of the cities he conquered that he's talking about on this prism. He never says he conquered Jerusalem, which he certainly would have said if he did it because he didn't do it just like the Bible said. But what was Hezekiah's prayer? Let's go back. Look at it again. Isaiah 37, verse 20. Deliver us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone are God. Not so we'll be comfortable. Not so we won't die. Not so that he won't take us captive. Uh, not so that he won't destroy the city. Yeah, all those things are true, but look at the motive, the high motive of Hezekiah upon which he appeals to God. God, above all of that, answer us so you can glorify your name, so that all the nations will know that you are God, and you will get renown and fame and the spotlight from all of the nations. My point, and we're done, when we pray. Jesus has given us an example. Yes, we can ask God to relieve us of these circumstances for all of those human reasons. But ultimately, we need to get to the place in our heart where we can say, God, answer me, answer me. Please, above everything else, so that in your answer, you will get glory for your name. One quick story and I'm done. My son, my oldest son James, who I'm I'm very pr I'm proud of all my sons. Uh, God has given me three incredible sons by his grace. But James, uh, I'm I'm proud of and he's an anesthesiologist in the Navy. He's almost done, almost ready to retire. He's an 06 in the Navy. 
uh, stationed at what used to be Bethesda Naval, now Walter Reed, here in Washington. When he was beginning his medical career in the Navy, he went up to Boston Children's Hospital to do a fellowship in pediatric anesthesia, which he did. He was in Boston for a year, and the promise the Navy made him was that after that year, he would be coming back to Washington with my grandchildren uh, to, to live back here in Washington. Well, about halfway through the year, the Navy told him that that probably wasn't going to happen, that he was going to be sent somewhere else, and they decided to send him to Portsmouth, Virginia, to the Naval Hospital there. I grew up in Portsmouth, Virginia. I know about that city, uh, and I, I want, but I wanted him to come back to Washington with my grandchildren. So I began to pray, Lord, please let him come back. Please change their hearts. I said, Jamie, I want you to know that's what I'm praying. Please do this, Lord, so I can be close to my grandchildren. Anything wrong with that prayer? No. No. Please do this so I can be close to my son and my daughter-in-law. Anything wrong with that prayer? No. Perfectly good prayer. Well, a couple months later, like February-ish of that year that he was in Boston, he got orders to Portsmouth. And he called me, said, Dad, it's over. I've got my orders. I'm going to Portsmouth. I said, James Solomon, it is never over with God. No. No, I'm sorry. I don't care orders or no orders. God can still change it and send you back to Washington. And he said, Dad, you don't understand. I got my written orders. It's over. And I said, James Solomon, it's never over with God. He said, you are so frustrating. And, and he hung up. And I said, okay, baby. I got on my knees and I said, now, Lord Jesus, you know what? I'm going to pray what I should have prayed from the very beginning, but I'm really going to pray it now. Lord, I want you to bring this boy and his family back to Bethesda. Uh, not because I want to be close to my grandchildren, that, that's true, and not because I want to be close to him and his family, that's true, uh, but I want you to do it to show this boy and everybody else watching your glory, your power, your ability to change even written orders in the military that you are bigger, you are greater, you are more powerful. Uh, than his written orders. So for the rest of his life, he never limits you and says it's over. Never. Teach him, Lord. Bring glory to your name by doing this. Well, now, baby, I'm cooking with gas, as my dad used to say. Now I finally got down to what, what, the way to pray, like Jesus did, like Hezekiah did, like, like Elijah did. So about three weeks later, I get a phone call from my son James. And he says, Dad, you'll never believe what happened. I said, you know what? I might. What happened? He said, well, I get a call. I get a beep on my beeper while I'm in the operating room. I need to get, come out and give a call to the guy in San Diego, the Navy guy, who decides which anesthesiologists in the Navy go where. So I did it. And he said, hey, James. He said, have you bought a home in Portsmouth, Virginia yet? Jamie said, no. He wanted to, uh, uh, but I talked him out of it. 
I said, don't do that yet. God isn't done. He said, have you rented a home in Portsmouth? James said, no. He said, well, don't. He said, because I think I've got a way to get you back to Washington. And so he said, just sit tight. He said, if this works out, I'll send you new orders, and you're going back to D.C. like we originally promised. And that's exactly what happened. He sent him new orders. He came back to D.C., where incidentally he's been for his whole career, praise the Lord, living 10 minutes from me and Brenda. And after that happened, I said to him, James Solomon, I want you to listen to me. Look at me. God did this for you. To teach you. Don't you ever limit God. Don't you ever decide that it's over till he says it's over. I don't care what the human obstacle is. If he can change written orders in the Navy, he can do anything, James. And this was for you, my son. This was to teach you, my son. Uh, the, the, uh, and this is for you to teach your children, my son, and your grandchildren, to tell them this story and teach them about the majesty and the glory and the power of Almighty God that you saw exhibited and on display in your life in real time. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give Him the glory. Great things He has done. Fanny Crosby. Folks, when we pray, let's try to get down to the real, real heart of the matter. Lord, whatever you may decide to do with me, more than anything else, glorify your name in it. And I'll be okay. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, teach us today to come to you like Jesus did to pray to you like Jesus did, to ask from you like Jesus did. And what did Jesus say? Father, glorify thy name. Change our prayer life. Change the way we approach you in our prayer life because we heard the word of God today and we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. The Bible, the whole Bible, nothing but the Bible. That's what we do live with Lon. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you next week, Lord willing.